0: You're listening to On The Brink, a podcast that brings you up and coming country music artists. We expressly prohibit the reproduction of any parts of the podcast without our written consent. Please send your request via onthebrinkpodcast.com, where you can also sign up for updates. Please also support our sister site, Stonefieldcountry.net. We sincerely thank you for listening and congratulate you on your expanding music library. Hey y'all, Santa here. I'd like to thank Recruiting Awesome for sponsoring this On The brink podcast episode. If you're an organization that is looking to hire new employees, I would absolutely recommend that you go to RecruitingAwesome.net and find out more about this stellar organization. They have over 15 years of experience in the talent acquisition and HR consulting space. They are absolutely able to put your organization on the right expansion plan. If this sounds appealing to you, then why not just give them a call right now. That phone number is one 800 seven four eight zero five one eight once again that number is one 518 or you can visit them at recruitingawesome.net they take the worry out of recruiting and don't forget to tell them that you heard the good news from santa good morning hayden
1: morning how are
0: you how are you? I, you know, I was concerned because it's a bit early for you, right? So it's about ten.
2: Yes, it is ten.
0: <laughs> and yesterday was Sunday.
2: That is correct. Yeah, no, we're. I'm doing all right this morning, but I'm still recovering from the weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I almost had Anna Marie uh, reach back out to you and say, "Hey." Uh, <laughs> You know, let's see if he's available maybe on Thursday, but I, I'm glad to hear that you're doing great. So hey, congrats. I just read that you were signed by Red Eleven. Is that correct?
2: Yes, ma'am, that is correct. Thank you very much.
0: So tell me what that means for you, Hayden, moving forward with your career.
2: Yeah, so basically, uh they're just they represent me uh booking wise, so they're now taking over all of my Uh, booking for shows and uh, stuff like that and um, basically we just kind of hit a I guess a plateau you'd call it
0: yeah um, kind of in
2: my career where um, you know we were doing fine but it was just there were certain venues that we've been trying to get into for two years that you know just won't give you the time of day unless you've got right um, crew booking uh, agency um, or there's just price points that we couldn't jump over and anyway so it was it was time to have a legit agency represent me and uh we've been talking to them for about a year um and finally everything worked out and uh so they should be able to help us take the next step
0: well it sounds very promising and congrats you know i know that has to be just such a big thrill for you to see all this hard work start to pay off um and i will tell you i'm a fan um I came across your music, I want to say, back in 2018, and um, it was a song called Don't Bother Calling, and I just fell in love with that song, because um, for me, and I've said this you know, over and over again to so many people, it is like the best Stay Gone song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, that you know? was
2: actually... Uh that uh so yeah 2018 was yeah when we put out that first ep and uh yeah funny enough don't bother calling is actually my favorite song off that first ep 100 um
0: yeah i think it was called first rodeo i might be wrong yes no you're
2: you're absolutely right you got your facts straight
0: (laughs) oh good well i absolutely love that song and i still spin it um on my Stone Cold Country show, because I, I just think it's one of the best, you know, Stay Gone songs. Just out of, you know, curiosity on my end, I was just wondering if there was uh, some type of inspiration for that song.
2: That song was actually written by a buddy of mine, uh, Ben Tyler Johnson, and... uh he I don't know, I never asked him the backstory behind it, but as you said, with it being what it's about, I heard it and I was like, Man, I was like I can relate to this and I think everybody <laughs> can relate to this and so I recorded it. Absolutely. And yeah. Like I said, I think it just turned out to be a really cool song and um Oh yeah. You know. It's one of those things. Yep. I wonder what it would sound like now if I re-recorded it. Now that I've kind of grown a little
0: bit as an artist, but right. probably won't. Happen. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good song to do live anyway.
2: Absolutely. We uh, we actually used to open the show with that, and then now, now it's a few in, few songs in, and we've got a a big old uh, intro for it and a big outro and you'd probably like it a lot
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah i can't wait yeah and so red dirt texas is doing pretty good for you i started seeing seeing it on the texas charts it's getting up there you know some traction with some of your singles so i wanted to talk about um you know that particular album it's your most current release is that correct
2: that is correct yeah we released that uh january 31st of this year
0: wow so tell me how that came about where did you record it the producer the musicians you use you know that whole thing
2: uh yeah so I recorded that was actually my first uh first time uh recording in Nashville um yeah a few few months before I got linked up with my producer Trent Willman um who obviously is a a big name in the producer and songwriting world so I'm super lucky to Get have gotten to work with him, and anyways, a few months before we started recording the record, I went and took my very first trip to Nashville to uh, to write some songs with Trent. And we wrote, I think, the first song we wrote was "Where You Come In." <clears throat> anyways, a few months go by, and we we came up with ten songs. We wrote about five, and then we found about five outside songs, and uh, so we decided we were going to record. And uh, anyways, we recorded at we tracked the band at uh, Soundstage Studios, which is awesome. Uh, And then we did vocals at Omni Studios and it was really cool because Trent was like just trust me I'm gonna get you into some good studios and walking through both of those studios You could just see all the different plaques on the wall from all the huge names that have recorded there. So oh god that, yeah. so that was really cool. Um, and then yeah in terms of the band uh, That played on the record. Um, I can't even begin to describe uh, how much of an all-star band it was Uh I'll do my best. We had on drums, we had Brian Pruitt, who's played on all uh, Cody Johnson's last couple records, Luke Combs stuff, I think like Reba, Brooks and Dunn, all this stuff. Uh, Janae Fleener was on fiddle, and she just won last year. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh,
2: Yeah, she won the female uh, musician of the year. Um, So Mm -hmm. she did all, she plays for Blake Shelton, uh, but she did like all John parties, like Heartache Medication. Uh, all Cody stuff. So basically the whole, the whole band actually just played on Cody's latest record. Ain't nothing to it. So I had the same (laughs) thing. Anyways, it goes on and on. The guitar players, couple uh, guitar player, key player, they play for Reba and Brooks and Dunn. I mean, yeah, the list kind of goes on, but it was, so it was insane. I was starstruck the whole time.
0: (laughs) Oh, I can just imagine. That's just so amazing. And so your latest single is, uh, where you come in, is that correct?
2: yes ma'am that is correct
0: tell us a little bit about that single
2: yeah (laughs) but yeah that was the first song that uh that me and Trent wrote together and like I said it was uh it was actually on my very first day in Nashville ever and and so I you know I keep telling people that that song's a little bit more special to me just because there's a lot of a lot of firsts in it I guess you'd say um Mm -hmm. but on top of that you know I think it turned out to be a really good song and uh and just a fun song. And, you know, we kind of went with it as a single just because, you know, there was a couple others off the record we were thinking about doing. But we ultimately just decided with everything going on in the world and all that stuff to do a kind of a fun, you know, yes. up-tempo dancing song. And, uh, and you know, I called Trent and I'm like, hey, you know, what do you think about these? And he was like, no, I'll go with where you come in. He's like, up tempo's is your friend right now. So, Right, we with- yes. Uh, and it's doing pretty well for us right now yeah on the texas charts i think mm-hmm. we're in week yeah. five or something like that and it's sitting mm-hmm. i don't even know i think it already broke top 40 on one of the charts I, there's so many charts i don't even know but right <laughs> i
0: know yeah but it is doing well across the board yeah on uh, all the texas charts that i checked it is you know charting and it's you know an upward tick so to speak so you yes. always want that so let's go ahead and hear that song that's where you come in
1: town, it's time to grab my lucky straw hat, throw back one or five, pre-game natty lights, then go and meet the boys down at the tap, it's turning out to be the same old Saturday night again, that's where you come in. where you call me that look you threw my way hit like a hand grenade and I know that this is my big chance but you're way out of my league and I got two left feet but I'm about to ask for this dance and everything
0: That is such a good song, Hayden. I mean, it really is. Actually, um, I've listened to this album several times over, and there's just, you know, all the songs are really good. I mean, there's really not any fillers that I can point out, like, oh, you know, this song, and they just show that in there. It, it really feels like you took your time to, you know, really write great songs and, you know, also get some other great songs from other songwriters and then, you know, kind of sit down and say, you know, this is, you know, how I want this album to sound like, um, is that, you know, the, the thought of when you were putting together the album, like, I want everything to fit, you know, this is really important to me. I mean, what was that process like?
2: Yeah. Um, kind of, as you said, we just went through and, um, we wrote a bunch of songs and, uh, you know, kind of going back to Trent, um, you know, he's just very, I guess, well connected in the songwriter world. So I got to write with um, numerous, uh, really big name songwriters. Um, one of Kenny Chesney's main writers, um, all this stuff. Zach Brown's one of his main writers. So I just, I got put in a really lucky place, and I, I, I got put in great rooms with people. Um, and then in terms of the outside songs, it's kind of just that same thing. Obviously, you know, Trent just knows all these Nashville songwriters and stuff. Um, and so he just, he has a plethora of songs, you know, even just sitting on his phone right? Uh, or demos or whatever. And he, he would say, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And he'd be playing me demos. Um, and then, uh. You know, so once we got the 10 that we thought we wanted and we just kind of got in the studio and, and you know, Trent kind of knew the sound that I was going for. Um, and the, the band, like I said, had had been around that music, so it wasn't new to them or that type of music, I guess. And uh, sure. so no problem for them. And I think we all just worked really well together. And, yeah, you kind of said it, you know, after we got done recording. Trent came up to me and he's like, man, he's like, I, I, he goes, I don't say this all the time when I'm, you know, producing a record, but he's like, I really think we got 10 great songs. Well, I was like, I've got I think two so. so.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you kind of touched on this in terms of your sound, you know, cause you said that Trent knew what you were going for, you know, what kind of sound you were going for. So I actually wanted to kind of discuss that a little bit, like, cause you know, when I listen to your music, um, you know, to me, I'm a real stone cold traditional country music fan. um, And when I listen to your music, I think you have the best Hayden of both worlds. Like you just, you have just enough traditional country and just enough modern country, because I don't know what else to call it, um, or more mainstream country. It's like a real good blend. It's like the way things should be. Uh, And I'm just like, really curious, you know, how did you come up with your sound? I mean, what, you know, I I don't know if it's, you know, playing out, you know, in the clubs that you have played out in, you know, because I know (laughs) Texas has a real, you know, close knit, you know, circuit there. And you could actually make a living just playing in Texas, you know. So, um, And maybe the crowd kind of helps you, you know, with their feedback, you know, what songs, you know, are great and which ones aren't. But I'm just kind of curious to find out how did you come up with the sound that you have on this album? Because obviously you sat down with Trent and you knew what you were looking for. Right. Yeah. I guess kind
2: of, as you said, I don't have like a hundred percent straight answer to say like, here's how we did it. Um, but you know, I've just always, I guess one of the main things is I've always said I was going to stick to, yeah, kind of the more traditional sounding side. Um, I've always said that, and I've always said I didn't want to do the pop country. So then I guess, we <laughs> kind of, I guess we kind of found the you know the me, uh, median um, or whatever, met in the middle with it, I guess. And um, and anyways, and I think that that first EP, you know, I, I wasn't working with Trent, but I, I think we captured a little bit of it but again you know we uh-huh. recorded that six months in from me playing my first show so I had no clue what I was doing uh you know whatever and I, I think we got a good representation but like I said you know fast forward two years to recording Red Dirt Texas and I'm sure you can tell the difference is you know my voice you know has changed a little bit vocal range all that stuff um but then just the songwriting all that and and um so I think from him listening to from Trent listening to first rodeo. And then I think when we went into record, I think he kind of understood where I was wanting to go with it. Um, and he just kind of took it to that next level. And then, you know, obviously it helped, um, you know, Trent having done Cody Johnson's last four records and, right, uh, you know, and he's written with John party and, um, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Those are guys that, you know, um, obviously I think kind of have a a similar sound, or I guess I have a similar sound to them.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
2: But uh, (laughs) so I think it all just, you know, we didn't really have to have a big discussion like, hey, here's here's what I want to sound like or whatever. It was more just kind of, he figured out my style from the first day that we met and we just kind of ran with it from there.
0: Man, it's kind of nice when that happens, you know, because I've heard so many horror stories. (laughs) I bet, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, how it just doesn't match up, and then you find out, like you hear the record and then you're like, something's off here, and then you find out like a year or two years later, you know you have a conversation or you see it in the press that they were going through some you know big things with that producer or right. with that label, and they couldn't really put yeah. out the music that they wanted to uh, yep. so it's it's really a blessing, um Hayden when you're able to you know, link up with someone who really gets what you're trying to do. And there's that synergy there, you know, it just creates, I think, a better flow and better music. Cause if you're, if you're stressed out, <laughs> I don't yeah. think you're going to be able to put out the best music you can. So that that's awesome when that works out. Yeah,
2: I definitely scored a, a good one with, with Mr. Trent. <laughs>
0: right awesome so you kind of touched on a couple of people and i have to agree with you 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 touched on john party who i absolutely you know love his music cody john same thing um and it's funny that you touched on these two people um because i definitely hear you know a lot of you know like what they're doing um you know in your music as well um but, you know, um, John Party and Cody Johnson are people that just, you know, come up in the past, you know, uh, you know couple of years or so. Who would be your non-living musical hero? So I, I'm sure you, you know, John Party and Cody and maybe George Strait. I mean, I'm sure those are all people that you say, man, you know, their music is just so great. Um, but do you have any non-living musical heroes that you look up to and say wow you know if i would have been alive during this time you know i i would have definitely gone to see you know xyz person
2: yeah um yes i do and it's probably not what you're gonna expect but it's it's actually elvis presley uh oh. for some reason ever since i was not a little little kid but probably um uh, middle school or something like that uh I don't know. I used to. I fell in love with Elvis's music, and even to this day, I still listen to it. And we even thought about putting an Elvis cut on the next record, um, but I think it got scratched. But we were talking about that and uh, talking about covering a song at at our live shows. And I don't know. There's just you know, and I watch his YouTube videos of him performing uh, every so often just for fun. And I've watched the whole 68 uh, Comeback Special like three times. I don't know, there's just something, you know, and obviously that's why, you know, Elvis was Elvis, because he's good at what he does and entertains, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I don't know, there's just something about him, I, I just loved his music, and I, you know, loved what he did, um, so wow. I always, anytime anyone asked me, if, if I could, if there's anyone I could go see in concert who, you know, I can't anymore, it would be Elvis for sure.
0: Hey, I can certainly understand that, and you know, a lot of people don't realize, but Elvis was a country singer. I don't care that yeah. he charted, you know, in rock, whatever. Um, he first charted on the country charts, and you know, I people don't want to understand that. Um, he also one of his first appearances was on the Grand Ole Opry. Yes, it's it, you know, he did get booed off stage. Okay, you know <laughs> you know, well it was a different time, Hayden. You know, it was a different time. Right. Um but he he started in in country. He he was you know, he was a good old boy from Mississippi. I mean, come on. Um so a lot of people don't understand that. And no I can to me, Elvis was probably um, you know, one of the first uh, country singers that really crossed over and had like just this right. massive appeal, you know um that's the way i've always uh seen him and yeah he would have been one i would have loved to have gone yeah. to see as well um can you imagine he was really an amazing entertainer good Absolutely. God. yeah
2: that's one of the things i love about him and my aunt actually um she got to see him when she was an Elvis. She was one of the Elvis groupies, you know, like what you Wow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she actually, yeah, she got to see him a couple of times before he passed away when she was in high school. I think she said, and um, anyway, she said it was awesome. So she's told me. That's yeah. Great. I can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can just imagine. I can absolutely just imagine. And you know, you, you mentioned Elvis and Mac Davis just died and he actually wrote, um, a song that was considered the comeback song for Elvis. Elvis hadn't charted in I don't know how many years. And then Mac Davis wrote In the Ghetto, and he oh, actually yeah. wrote it for, Mm-hmm. yes, sir. And he actually wrote it for Sammy Davis Jr., I think. But Elvis heard it, and he just ran with it. And that was really the song that put him back on the map. I know it's hard for you and I to think that Elvis was not on the map at some point in his career. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, really? Um, But yeah, he, you know, like George Jones too, you know, had like a lull in his career. And then this song in the ghetto, which Mac Davis wrote, put him back, you know, on the map. So, you know, it's kind of funny how things all tie in. Now, if you wanted to introduce someone um, to traditional country, and I, I know that you like, you know, wide variety of music, you know, I can definitely hear that, you know, in your music as well. Um, but I certainly hear, you know, that you have that very solid core there that you kind of build on. So when you think of traditional country music, um, if someone said, you know, I really want to get into, you know, more traditional sounding type music, um, what song would you pick and why?
2: Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this earlier and it's really tough because that, you know, I mainly listen to, like, when I'm in my truck or whatever, I just listen to basically straight 90s country and stuff like that. Oh,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um.
2: Anyways, but, so there was a couple, but I think uh, I ended up going with uh, Living on Love by Alan Jackson, and uh,
0: oh.
2: I hadn't really thought about that song in a long time, and yesterday on our way back, it came on, and so I thought of it this morning, and uh, I don't know, I just think that, you know, that song lyrically and musically and everything i think that's a straight up country song so i think you know if anyone's wanting to know what at least in my opinion what traditional country sounds like um you know because there's a lot of different opinions people would probably go back and say merle haggard and all that stuff and which is of course just what i what i consider traditional um would be, yeah be a song like that i just think you know like i said that it do not get a lot more country than that song in my opinion so
0: <laughs> right that's 90s country oh i love 90s country are you kidding that to me that's that was one of the best eras um in in country music i mean it just it seemed like more traditional type country music uh was you know charting and charting high i mean you had right. like uh randy travis and absolutely you know, he had you know just all these amazing people and even though we lost Keith Whitley in 1989 he was still charting in the 90s though a lot of people didn't realize that so a lot of his music um like which happens a lot when someone passes on and their music takes on a whole new meaning for you know a, a bunch of people and um his music continued to chart during the 90s so i consider you know Keith Whitley to be part of that 90s country music as well so um i i hear a lot of 90s country music in, in your music hayden to be honest you know i hear a lot of it in there is that would you say that's a, a fair assessment
2: absolutely yeah and that's that's kind of uh you know one of the goals again kind of going back to that sound thing is uh you know keeping that 90s vibe kind of you know deal going in my original music Um, But at the same time, putting that modern twist on it, which is exactly how you, you know, you described it earlier. Um, And I think we did a good job of that. I guess they're calling it uh, neo-traditional is what they're calling it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: All that stuff. And so I'm fine with that because that's exactly what I want. Like I said, I just don't want to do that pop stuff and I don't want to sound outdated. So (laughs) I'll take, I'll take the middle. (laughs)
0: Right, exactly. And that's why we started the series, because um, it's funny. There's like, you know, uh, two very uh, distinct groups. So one group that's like, you know, hey, you know, uh, anything that was made after like whaling is like not country. music. <laughs> yeah. It's just really yeah. bizarre. I mean, and this is like, Hayden, I'm telling you, this is a very passionate group of people that yeah. you can't tell them otherwise. <laughs> you really can't. And then you have the other side that they're just, you know, they don't want anything with a fiddle or a steel guitar at all. It's just right. like, you know, get that away. So, and it's real funny because, um you know, that other group, that other group that says, you know, there hasn't been any good country music since, you know, the seventies or something, it, you know, I'm convinced. It's just, they haven't heard Hayden Haddock. They haven't heard, you know, John Parties and, you know, Cody Johnson and George Strait's ladies out and, You know, I'm convinced, and I'm convinced that they haven't heard of, you know, all the, uh, you know, young people that are coming out that are putting out this amazing music. And that's why we started this series, you know, this, you know, new traditionalist series. And basically, we're highlighting six, you know, um, country stars like you that we really feel that you are the future of country music that are 25 and under. Just to give people kind of a sneak peek into, hey, this is the future of you know traditional country music and it's alive and well because when you have someone we have an interview with someone who's 16 years of age okay right. who who's putting out yeah Jake uh, who's putting out really good country music just you know just like you um and I know you're not that you know I think you're I think you're 21 if I'm not I'm mistaken. 20,
2: yes ma'am that is correct.
0: You're 21. Oh golly 21 <laughs> that means <laughs> That you can participate fully.
2: <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> true.
0: So this, I'm just, just kind of curious and, you know, you don't have to ask if you don't want to. What did you do, just the PG version, when you turned 21?
2: <laughs> what did I do? Uh, what did I do? Well, I think my birthday was on like a Wednesday. So I live here in College Station. So our, our kind of strip of bars here, it's called Northgate. And uh so we just went out to Northgate and we uh we partied a little bit and uh but we kept it awesome. mind No one no one got arrested or anything so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh that
0: that wasn't a good 21 <laughs> birthday. No <laughs> and yeah. one got arrested, are you kidding? You mean yeah. you didn't wake up in the spring with my or dad. anything? Yeah,
2: I had a long talk with <laughs> my dad saying you better not get in trouble. <laughs>
0: Well, I think when you're 21, it's kind of, you know, you kind of anticipate that something is going to happen, you know, because it's the the real first time that you get to do all these things that, you know, you weren't able to do, you know, not legally anyway. So,
2: yeah, I was going to say, you know, be careful what you say. <laughs>
0: right, right, right. Not legally. So what was, do you remember the first drink you had when you turned 21? Like what was the drink that you had or you know, your beverage of choice when you turned twenty one on that day. I'm just curious.
2: Um, I think we actually went and got margaritas first at a place called Chimmys <laughs>
0: Oh okay that's cool.
2: Food, Mexican food margaritas. I'm pretty sure that's what we had uh, first.
0: Oh, okay. That but that's cool. Normally, that's awesome. Yeah,
2: but normally my drink of choice would have been uh whiskey and diet coke. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Line.
0: <laughs> well, well, Jack Daniels just came out with my favorite. For a long time, I, I've had the hardest time hating. All right, because I'm not a big drinker, but I, I'm very specific about what I'll drink, and I'm one of those people. I'm very annoying. <laughs> No, no so I understand. Usually, usually when I go out, um, I can never get what I really want because no one has apple juice. I mean, because there are not many drinks with apple juice. So I like Jack Apple. I've I've always had Jack Apple, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, Jack Daniels and apple juice. I mean, very simple. But you, the thing, Hayden, is that how many drinks can you name that have apple juice in them?
2: I don't drink fancy enough drinks to even know, so zero. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well that's the whole thing so most drinks don't require apple juice so consequently most of the places will not have apple juice and so you know it's like oh my gosh but you know finally finally jack daniels you know got a clue and now they have an official thing called jack apple so right. it's it's already right. put together and i'm like holy hell <laughs> this is <laughs> great you know <laughs> yeah, so yeah. well, that might might eliminate my issue, but um you know that's fun. That's what Margaritas are always a lot of fun. Well, like I told you before Hayden, um you know I've enjoyed your music since 2018 and you know I had my favorite on your first EP and then this full album I also have a favorite and I hope you don't mind if I take the liberty of playing my favorite song on Red Dirt Texas.
2: Absolutely, you can go for it
0: all right so my favorite song on and again let me preface as i stated before there are no fillers on this album y'all every song on this album is just top notch and they're all good songs but you know you always have one song that you really gravitate towards and the song that i really love is one by one so let's hear that right now
1: So i just sit on the porch and watch her load them one by one, one by one, and on to the next. At the rate this is going, there won't be nothing left, I'll just sit right Watch disappear Till that last one's gone One standing there. I didn't even care that she was gone. I just popped them top.
0: with one by one and i really do love that song and i you know i've been playing it you know i don't know how many times on my show usually on uh, the stone cold country show we try to play most of the newest releases off of an album but when i really like a song i'll just play the heck out of it. <laughs> and usually the program manager will let me do it you know he doesn't you know like joe says oh it's okay So, um, but that song, I just really love that song. It just really paints a picture. I mean, you could, you know, sit and listen to that song and you you see what's happening in that song through the lyrics, you know, and what the guy's going through or what the person is going through because, you know, the person they care about is like, you know, (laughs) saying sayonara. And I just wondered um, with that song, is there a backstory to that too? Um, Because I think you had a hand in writing that song. Is that correct?
2: Right, yeah. That song was uh actually me and Ben Tyler Johnson, the same guy that wrote Dunk Butler Collins. I think you gotta thank for Ben. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no, so I must like
0: his songwriting with yours together. Exactly. You guys... Wow.
2: Um, okay, that's awesome. No, we just we uh we just had this idea, uh something somewhere the one by one thing came in and we knew we wanted to do this like play on words kind of thing and um and then uh I don't know, he had a he had like part of the verse or something already down and then we just kinda ran with it. Um and anyways, that was just kind of what we came up with. And yeah, actually funny that you said that was one of your favorite songs. That's actually one of mine off of there too. Um and that was actually <laughs> one of the ones that was in a running in the running to be the single and we just decided to go a different route. But I love that song. I think that's that's a super nineties country song right there.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. Now, do you think it might be a single in the future? Maybe. There's a
2: possibility, but I don't know. We haven't really decided what we're doing next.
0: Yeah, of course. You're still promoting this one single that's amazing that's where you come in i mean it's it's a darn good song the first time i heard that song i was already tapping my toes and snapping my fingers and and i was already singing some of the lines and i and i caught myself i said oh he's got a good one (laughs) because that's how i know if after i hear a song because you have to keep in mind hayden i hear probably and no less than maybe you know uh 50 to 100 new songs in a week because you know we have to put together the show and that and so if i hear a song for the first time and i start you know like saying some of the lyrics you know after the first time that i've heard it then i know that that's a strong song because the hook hooked me right <laughs> You because know? i'm singing it so yeah so that's absolutely a great song. So, um, you know, I know we, you know, laughing a lot and, and having a big time here, but, you know, uh, life uh, obviously sometimes, you know, can throw us some curveballs here and there. And, you know, even though you're 21 and, and talking to you and also listening to your music, it seems like you have wisdom beyond your years, Hayden. It seems like, you know, you're someone who, um, you know, is very mature. And so um, I wanted to ask you, you know, if you've ever been through anything, I mean, can you recall, you know, what the toughest thing you've been through uh, was? And, you know, if you can share like how you got through it. I mean, have you had any experiences yet where you really had to kind of dig deep and, you know, uh, and find some strength inside yourself to be able to move forward?
2: Right. Um, Yeah, I think probably the uh, biggest thing that I guess kind of has happened to me that's helped with my, I guess, yeah, maturity and, and all that. I was actually diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was eight years old. Uh, oh. yeah. And so from a very early age, I had to kind of take on a lot more responsibility than pretty much any other, you know, kid my age. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and I grew up with two older brothers and, uh, and my dad, who you know, wasn't hard us hard on us in a bad way, but just had high expectations in terms of course people and you know being mature. You're not going to go out and you know be the hooligan of the neighborhood or whatever it was. <laughs> um, and so that combined with the diabetes thing, you know, he again, you know, him and my stepmom and my mom, they all they all pushed hard for me to to be able to take care of myself uh, from a from an early age um in terms of that in terms of my diabetes and then uh that just kind of kind of uh you know went along with other things as I got older um so you know What does I just that mean can...
0: though? When what yeah what does that mean like when you get diagnosed with something like that what does that actually mean for an 8-year-old and 9-year-old like how does your life change?
2: well i went from being able to eat whatever i wanted whenever i wanted um and being a regular you know the regular kid in school or whatever and then i went you know the next day oh well i was stuck in the hospital for a week but then um you know taking insulin shots every time i want to eat a snack or eat you know lunch or whatever uh having to prick my finger 14 or 15 times a day Um mm-hmm you know, and as a, it's not bad now, now, now it's just, you know, it is, you know, it's part of my life now. I don't think twice about it now, but as a, a, yeah, eight and nine year old kid, uh, I mean, I remember, uh, right after I got to the hospital one night, I just did not want to prick my finger to check my blood sugar. And I mean, I remember screaming bloody murder, uh, to my dad and, you know, and now looking back on it, I'm like, it's not even that bad. It's a little, you know, stick, it's a little poke, but, you know so it, uh it was a big change and then uh you know sitting there you I had to learn how to uh count carbohydrates um i used to have to learn how to calculate how much insulin to give myself and luckily now i'm on an insulin pump and all this stuff technology is great so uh it's a little yeah. bit easier now um but yeah you know and and like i said that's i'm going on 13 years of having that and um and wow. i had a serious problem and i've heard I've done. I've spoken on panels, diabetes panels, and all this stuff. And I hear other kids my age, or you know, whatever, and they tell all these horror stories about they had to, parents had to call the ambulance because they passed out and didn't give themselves insulin and all this stuff. And I've never had a serious um, diabetes related incident like that. I just never have. Like I was shocked to hear some of these kids' stories, and I was the only one that didn't have some kind of story like that. And so that's what I went and told my dad and, you know, my mom and my stepmoms. I'm like, I don't know what y'all told me when I was little, but I was like, whatever, whatever y'all did, it caused me to take care of myself.
0: <laughs> so. Wow, that's amazing. So, and that's very, uh, a very deep experience to have. You know, and I think something like that can absolutely make you grow up like, you know, <laughs> in a heartbeat because your life really depends on it. And it's kind of a big, big thing to go through when you're just, you know, eight years old. I mean, I yeah. think it's big even if you were an adult because you have to kind of relearn life, you know, because, you know, eating is not something a lot of people really think about, and They're, you know, mm-hmm. grab whatever they want. And you know what I mean? So, you had to really just like be more aware you know of Absolutely. what you're doing, like more purposeful. Um, so my my question to you is, you know, there might be someone listening right now, Hayden, that might be going through a tough challenge. you know It could be you know a diagnosis of something. It could be you know something else, some life altering experience. Um, at the end of the day, what is the best advice that you would be able to provide to someone? who might be going through something tough, you know, what, what do you think would be helpful for someone who might be going through a life altering experience right now?
2: Right. Um, I think it's, it's something I'm sure everyone's heard before, but you know, thinking back on it, it's really just what you got to do. And that's just keep your head up, push forward. And one, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something. And two, there's nothing out there that's going on that can stop you from doing what you want. And, um, so just whatever it is that you're going through, you know, uh, do what you need to do to get through it and push forward and, uh, and, you know, follow your dreams, get on with your life and, and everything will will work out in the end.
0: Great. That's perfect advice. Absolutely. So lightening things up. Um, you know, out of all the songs that you recorded, you know, I already mentioned my favorite, so I'm wondering which one is your favorite.
2: I was thinking about that and see I've you know, I've been asked that question so many times and I I think I change my answer every time. Um and it's because I it's really hard to pick for me. Um but uh lately I can tell you it's been honky tonk on off there. Uh-huh. Um and especially mm-hmm. You know, I kind of judge what my favorite is off of what we do live or whatever. And uh, of course, anyways, that, that song is just that song. Always is so fun to play live, and everyone gets into it. And um, but then, you know, even on the record, I think it's super fun. And you know, we put that crowd noise in there on the record, and I think it's just, that's, that's super fun and and you know, kind of goofy, you know, party drink whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think right now that's probably my favorite
0: (laughs) all right let's hear that song right now honky tonk on awesome
1: swallow that ice cold bottle of beer i'm gonna get when i get out of here they'll be throwing down at harry's tonight i'm thinking it's just about time down suds like a truck does diesel ain't nothing like it in the world a bar full of drunk texas girls something about the way they shine just puts me in the state of mind It's just about time Town.
0: Lot of clubs and and stuff and i i saw you had you know a big show um over the week i think it was over the weekend at southern's is that correct yes it was over yeah. the weekend right yes mm-hmm. ma'am that's all right so i was wondering what's the craziest thing you've ever seen at a bar you don't have to mention the bar of course
2: oh man <laughs> um i don't know i saw someone get basically knocked out while we were on stage that was exciting <laughs> Um, but knocked.
0: When you say knocked out, you mean punched?
2: Yeah, punched directly in the face and fell down. That was that was pretty crazy. I'd never. Oh seen lord. That stage. Uh, I don't know. And then other than that, I've had. Uh, I've had a lady come up and try and talk to me while I was on stage, and I uh, I bent down in the middle of a song too, and I bent down and told her I couldn't hear her, and I went to go back to trying to sing, and I guess. Well, she was obviously super drunk, and I guess she didn't understand that I I was singing. And she tried to lean forward to talk to me again, and she was so drunk that she just fell over um, (laughs) on the stage. And she just had her arms sprawled out on the stage, and I just had to kind of. Oh my gosh! Her friends had to come drag her out.
0: Oh my goodness, how embarrassing is that? Oh Lord, Lord. Well, you know things like that happen. Now, have you gotten to the point yet where you because, know, you, you know you're you're a looker, Hayden. So I'm sure you know the girls at College Station and stuff. You know may say, "Ooh, Hayden." You know, have you gotten to the point where they're throwing you know undergarments and things like that yet? <laughs> I've not
2: gotten that yet, but okay, we well it brace happened. yourself.
0: <laughs> Brace yourself. It'll probably happen in the near future. Um, And so when I first, um, you know, heard your music back in 2018, um, I had seen an interview with you um, at a local TV station. And you had said that you were in college. And, you know, I'm thinking it's 2020 um, and college station, obviously, you know. So I was wondering if you were still attending school or did you graduate or what's going on?
2: No, I'm actually still in school. I'm a junior uh, here at Texas A&M and um, yeah. working on getting my degree. And, yeah, I had to slow down classes a little bit over the past couple of years just because of the whole music stuff. But,
0: you no, know, yeah. I've been in
2: school the whole time, and, and I'm working on Wow, as quick as I can.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm so proud of you, Hayden. I'm Thanks. not kidding. Good Lord. That's so tough. You must have some type of brutal work ethic. Lord.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you want to call it, but yes, it, it gets busy and, and uh, sends the, the anxiety and stress through the roof sometimes, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can just imagine. So what are you majoring in? Like when you graduate, what will you graduate with? What type of a degree and what was your major? Uh,
2: yeah, it's a, I'm majoring in construction science. Uh, awesome. So basically, yeah, going to school to do like project management or superintendent uh, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so, that's obviously, awesome. I'm mm-hmm. hoping the music thing works out, and that's just my fallback. But um, you know, I wanted to get my degree and get my Aggie ring and all that. All mm-hmm. that good. No, stuff to say that I did it.
0: No, I hear you, and let me just tell you something. So, I I uh, graduated with a social science degree, and I'm just finishing up my master's in music business at Berkeley. Now, what I will tell you is this, your construction science degree, you may see it in a a certain way, but those are skills that you can use for your music career, especially the project management aspect of it. So obviously you have people, you know, booking agencies and all this stuff helping you. But if you know what's going on with that degree, I mean, you can basically be very involved in your career, you know, and not be someone that's like yeah yeah because those are hardcore project management skills time management skills you know everything that has and then you're looking at you know probably you know um how um you know how to analyze you know everything from start to finish um the financial aspects of a project i mean those are all things that go into what you're majoring in right now so you would be able to sit down and let me tell you that is so invaluable a lot of people just don't have that type of, you know, uh, educational background. And so I don't have to tell you this because there are so many stories about how so many people that we love, you know, in the music business died penniless. I mean, come on. And it still happens now. You know, you hear someone went bankrupt and all this stuff. And it's really because they just didn't have that background. Hayden, with your background, even with that type of degree, I, you know, I understand it's not a music degree, but it is a management type degree. You'll right. be able to sit down mm-hmm. and look at spreadsheets and look at what's going, and you'll be able to figure out what's going on, so you'll be able to you know kind of have an active role in your own career and the management of your own career so I think it's an excellent idea, and I applaud you for it to be real honest I think that's great thank so you. your your parents did a great job
1: <laughs> thank you <laughs>
0: yeah that's awesome so um this question Aiden. <laughs> Hayden is is probably the most hated question of them all, and you know some I you yeah I I you know I tend to ask it most of the time and and sometimes you know I've had maybe one or two interviews where the person says I just can't I can't answer this I said okay okay <laughs> so um the next question is basically if you were uh, on a deserted island if you were uh-huh. by yourself in a deserted island, and you only had five albums that you could take with you, um, which ones would they be and why?
2: All right, so I don't hate this question, (laughs) but I am gonna throw you a curveball because here's what I'm gonna tell you. I'm not much of an album person. um, And of course there are certain albums where I like all the songs, but really I'm more of like a song person. So like I go through and find, just like single songs that I like on different albums from different artists or whatever. Um, It's very, very rare to listen to someone's album all the way through, unless it's a new album. Really? Yes. So I wrote down five songs, you know, or singles or whatever that I would take with me. And I said, What's It To You by Clay Walker. That's one of my all time favorite songs. Oh yeah. Uh, She's Not The Cheating Kind, Brooks and Dunn uh fence post by cody johnson oh um, uh, yeah amarillo by morning george Strait, which was also in the running for your question earlier about if you were introducing someone to a traditional country um, love that song said, yeah and then i said head over boots by john party so i figured i'd mix some 90s stuff with some newer guys but those oh, are the five, the five songs that i would take because i'm also the kind i can listen to the same song on repeat all day and i'll be fine <laughs>
0: well you would have to you're on a deserted island those are the only five songs okay so i'm gonna throw a curveball your way so out of those five songs um i'm guessing you must have some of those albums is there one album that really kind of rises to the top for you where you know you've listened to it over and over again and you just really keep going back to that one album
2: Man, I would have to say probably honestly, uh that Cody Johnson record, the really all of his, but I love the the newest one, Ain't Nothing to It. Um I've listened oh, yeah. to that record top to bottom. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times. Um, or honestly, uh John Party's uh, not heartache medication. I like most of the songs off there, but uh California Sunrise. I love that um, record.
0: Um
2: so I don't know there's a few of them a few of those records that i like all the songs on there but like i said yeah most of the time i just like if i'm in my truck i always like single out songs or i put it on a shuffle playlist or something like that
0: all right awesome those are all good and i agree with you on that cody johnson oh good lord It's just so good, you know. Um, And I know y'all have had the privilege of having Cody Johnson, you know, for as long as he's been out there. For the rest of the world, (laughs) you know, we just, you know, come to find out, you know, just the past couple of years who Cody Johnson is. Because I've noticed um, that about Texas. Texas has some of the best music. I mean, good Lord. Um, If I lived in Texas, I just, I don't know. I think I would go broke um, (laughs) because it it seems like... (laughs) Every weekend, there are several shows you can go to, you know, oh, no and doubt. they're all they're all artists that you want to hear, you know. And so um I know that a lot of times you can be real big in Texas, but then in other places of the U.S., you know, people aren't, you know, real familiar with you, you know, until you start playing other places. Since you have a new agency, are you going to start playing in other areas more now or? is the, I know the focus is, I'm pretty sure always going to be Texas because Texas is just an awesome place to play and you can really, you know, make a living playing, you know, in Texas without going anywhere else. But, um, so I'm just wondering, um, are you now going to start looking at maybe playing outside of Texas a little bit more, or, um, you're not sure what, you know, what's going to happen moving forward?
2: Right. Um, no, that was actually one of the very first things that uh, I discussed with my agent, uh, Jeff from Red 11, um, is, uh, yeah, as you said, you know, obviously it's, you know, main focus right now is to get around Texas and and, and get our markets here, um, but no, he's already said that he wants to get us um, through all the southern states and then up the... uh up the west coast with somebody so obviously we'll be doing support act uh for probably a bit you know randall or josh ward or mm-hmm. something like that um but no we are absolutely our goal uh starting probably early 21 will be to start making our way uh kind of up and out <laughs>
0: yeah no absolutely and i'm sure this COVID 19 thing you know hasn't helped anyone but it seems like Texas um, is opening up or, you know, how are things out there? Because I do see a lot of activity in the last couple of weeks, Hayden. Is that correct? Right. Are you you all at full? I mean, are, are they already at full capacity in terms of 100%? Or wh- what's it like out there when you're playing right now?
2: Right. No, uh, they're not back at 100%. And I think they're at 75%, I want to say. But yeah, I think there was 75%. And, um, anyways, we, yeah, we started playing our first, or we did our first full band show back about six weeks ago, actually with Randall King. And, uh, and we've played every weekend since then. And, uh, anyways, it's, it's definitely a different world now in terms of live music and crowds and stuff, obviously, um, and we're doing everything safely, and obviously, abiding by the rules and all that stuff. Just got to say that, you know, because we are, <laughs> of
0: course. <laughs>
2: but um, no, but but there's certain places where you can tell. Well, one, if it's a smaller place, you can tell, you know, there's a lot less people in there than normal. Um, and you can tell there's there's certain places that just take take everything more seriously than than other places, and obviously, same mm-hmm. with you know, people right now. Um so anyways, but it's it's slowly getting back to normal and uh and it's a good thing to see because you know music industry's been shut down for seven months. Uh um, yeah. And at some point, you know, we gotta go out and, and make our money and do our jobs. So I'm glad to see that it's
0: kind of getting back to normal. Right, right. So um these uh drive up or drive in concerts, what <laughs> what do you think about those? Have you done any?
2: i have not done any of those um and i think it's a good idea uh again like i said now that things are kind of going back to normal i don't see a lot of people probably going to those unless it's some big artist i guess but
0: um right but i think they were
2: a good idea when everything was was really uh bad um right but i don't know i like i said i haven't done one but i feel like it would be really hard as as an artist to get up there and try and entertain and Do all that, looking at the headlights of a bunch of cars. I don't know. I just feel like it'd be odd, but I don't know. Like I said, I haven't done one, so I don't know.
0: (laughs) Right. Only because of the type of music. So we're talking about honky-tonk music. Come on. At the end of the day, that's what it is. And people, you know, uh, we go out and we want to dance to it and have a big time with our friends and family. And so it's kind of hard to do, you know, when you're in a car. Or even I've seen some where you can get out of the car and you can kind of do <laughs> right. something right outside of your car, but it's not the same thing. You know? Right. So, but I agree with you though. I think it was a great idea to kind of, you know, tie everyone over, um, you know, so you still have the benefit of, you know, live music. It's just that the full experience wouldn't be there. But if if that's the only thing you can do, I mean, heck, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you right. do what you can, right? <laughs> do what yeah. you can with what you have yeah. while you can. And that's Absolutely. what it comes down to. So, um, you know, there are a lot of people that um, are just discovering your music, Hayden. Um, every time we've played you, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback. And, you know, that's why we reached out to you. Um, but I am curious to um, what would you like for the fans to know about you, especially the new fans, especially someone might be listening and saying, golly, I really like Hayden's music. And now that I've heard the interview, he sounds like a solid, you know, young man who has his head on, you know, straight. And I think he's going to, you know, go to places. So what would you like uh, your new fans to know about you? Is there a message or something that you'd like to share that um, maybe you haven't shared before?
2: Ooh, I really don't know. I would just say... um... Well, one, I appreciate anyone who's listening and who does like my music. That's the biggest thing, because without, without y'all and, uh, you know, anyone who supports me wouldn't be able to do this. Um, but other than that, I'd just say, you know, uh, as we were talking about earlier, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to keep making country music. I'm not going to get pulled into the pop side. And um, so if you like country music, I'll, I'll be your guy for a while, because I'm, I'm – Somewhat young, so I hope I've got a lot of years left. And, uh, right, I don't know, other than I'm gonna keep it country and just keep listening. We got a lot of big things coming, and if you're not in Texas, wherever you are, hopefully we'll be your way soon. And, and, uh, again, just thank y'all so much for the support. Um, because again, it's this you know, we aren't able to do this without y'all, so thank you.
0: Now, how can fans connect with you, Hayden? Like, what's your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? And website, like what are the handles and the web address?
2: Right. So, yeah, we got Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Those are all Hayden Haddock Music. Um, Actually, I think my Twitter is Hayden underscore Haddock, but you'll find it. Just type in Hayden Haddock. And then uh, the (laughs) easiest thing to do is just go to my website, which is HaydenHaddock.com. And that will have links to all my social media, links to Spotify, Apple Music, Uh, all that good stuff, links to our merchandise, links to tour dates. Uh, So that's probably the easiest route is just HaydenHaddock.com.
0: All right. Awesome. Now we usually like to close out with an acoustic song. Do you have your guitar close by? I do. All right. Well, what are you going to strum for us today?
2: Well, um, I figured if I can get this thing set up right, that looks fine.
0: Yeah, no Uh, problem. I was, no, I was this isn't live, that. which is awesome. No, yeah. you know, I, I I tell you when um I do live, I used to do a lot of live interviews, and oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> I just you know because so many things can happen, you know. Absolutely, and that was can't... like <laughs> yeah.
2: I was to a radio. I was talking to a radio lady the other day, and we did a Zoom thing, kind of like this, and yeah, it was, you know, she was recording it, and uh she was like if a radio person or whatever ever does a live interview she was like that means they probably they haven't been doing this long enough because she was saying that's that,
0: right like,
2: <laughs> like on radio obviously it's different for podcasts and stuff but on radio she said that she did an interview the day before me with some other dude and he she had to edit out like 10 f-bombs oh yeah and she said mm-hmm. like if that would have been live apparently on radio if
0: oh you get fined
2: it's a a million dollar fine in texas
0: oh yeah oh yeah yeah. well i i work um i work for power seven radio so i'm a show host for a stone cold country yeah and so um this podcast is something separate and um you know yeah i did a couple of live interviews and it was like you had to do the mute button like really quickly (laughs) because there's not and and there's like a half second delay so you have to be real quick, you know, right. but if it goes over the airwaves and the FCC finds out you're done for, I mean, basically they can put you out of business, Right. basically. You know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't do those anymore.
2: Yeah, probably a good <laughs> no idea. Way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, most people are professional enough where they know that, yeah. you know, you just can't say certain things. Um, but, you know, but then again, it just depends, you know, um, so I was, I interviewed this uh, outlaw country guy. I'm not going to say who it is. And, um, I'll tell you in the first sitting, just the first, you know, uh, 10 seconds, there was, there were a couple of words that, um, I was just like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I'm just thinking to myself, but then, you know, it dawned on me this, he, he doesn't know any better. This is just, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't mean that mean or anything. Don't get no, me wrong. Um, you're saying, yeah. Yeah, you're he right. just doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there you go. So, all right. So what song are you thinking about strumming?
2: Uh, yes, I figured I'd play uh, the first top ten I had in the title track to the newest record. I figured I'd play your Red Dirt Texas, if that's all right.
0: Uh, all right. Sounds great. Go for it.
2: All right.
1: There's a water burger and a gas station. Smell the smoke and a bare bone barbecue. You gotta love it just to put up the 100 degrees and the blowing dust It's 50 with a whole lot of attitude. That's just red dirt, Texas. Lake and you missed it. Plan broke and way too proud, living paycheck to paycheck, raising hell and long necks. Someday they'll put me in the ground of that red dirt Texas town. Weekends on Education has been that way for generations. Our works in only life we know. They plug in that old string of lights. We have to be on a Saturday night, so one thing it's just let it all go.
0: 2020. All rights reserved.